What's going on, y'all? This is Culture and Code, a podcast brought to you by Render Atlanta. If you're not already familiar with what Render Atlanta is, we are an organization dedicated to increasing the presence of Black and Brown people in all stages of the tech pipeline. We do so with different events and experiences focused on not just tech, but also culture and how it brings people together. Our main experience, which I am personally super excited about, is our annual Render Atlanta conference held in Atlanta. Our next conference will be June 1st through 4th in 2022. It is super exciting. We have a ton of great speakers lined up, some amazing food, and even an after-party music festival. It's going to be incredible, and I absolutely cannot wait for y'all to experience it. You have got to get in on it if you haven't already. To learn more about us and keep up with our events, you can visit our website at renderatl.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or Instagram at renderatl and join the conversation on our Discord at renderatl.com forward slash Discord. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Culture and Code, hosted by Render Atlanta, and I'm super excited for today's episode. We have a special guest today who I personally think is an inspirational founder and is honestly one of the most interesting people I've had the pleasure of meeting this year. Today's guest is Lola Ojabawale, founder of Lunchpail Labs and my personal introduction to the no code movement, as well as the build in public. So we are so excited that you're here today, Lola, and we're just excited to get this podcast up and started. Thank you so much for the very warm welcome. I am very excited to be here. So I like to always start off by asking simple questions, nothing too crazy. So I want to know, what have you been researching lately? What's in your tabs? What's just like top of your brain? Uh, I wish I could figure this out. Ooh, ooh, oh my gosh. That's a really great question. So I recently started this thing called a Zettelkasten. It's a German word. It's a way of organizing notes and information, blog posts, or, and making connections between all of those. So it's like a second brain. And I've gotcha, been using gotcha. a lot of the, the things I've been trying to figure out in my Zettelkasten are like Web3. I feel like mm-hmm. I hear a lot about Web3 online. I do not completely understand how I should be leveraging the world of Web3. Same, Um, same. And then I've been also getting into a lot of philosophy. So a book I just finished that I love, I so, so recommend Mm -hmm. is called The Wanting by Luke Burgess. It's based on like Renee, I think Renee Gerard's theories of like mimetic desire and how a lot of what we want and desire is actually based whether we subconsciously even perceive it on other people having things. So way to hack your wants and therefore like what you're trying to like achieve is to be very conscious of who is your model of desire while you think you want what you want. That is so fascinating. And I feel like that ties 100% into a lot of the media that we're seeing now about hyper-consumerism and the effects of all of that. That is crazy. And I'm Definitely going to read that book. That sounds so interesting. But going back to your German word that I'm going to mispronounce, <laughs> so I'm not even going to try. So it sounds like digital gardening a little bit in terms of having your second brain, your notion, or your obsidian to dump all of your different thoughts and things together. So is that kind of what you're trying to do in terms of create this like digital vault for you to store everything together? 
Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really great uh, way to put it. So yeah, the way I have it set up, it's like digital note cards. And what you do is as you read something, you'll like put a digital note card and like the big piece is adding connections to other note cards. So you might see something in like Web3 And you might also be reading this book about like mimetic desire and like how like other people having things shapes Mm -hmm. your wants Mm -hmm. and those like connections make sense. I've been like into those like ways of organizing information these days, (laughs) like in my spare time, but that'll cast it. I I really like it. (laughs) I can see why the flood of information that we have going on nowadays is a lot. And it's funny because I too feel like I am being influenced by the amount of like Web3 blockchain, like fintech technologies that are all coming out. I really enjoy video games and there's a lot of games coming out in the Web3 space. And I'm just like, maybe I should be interested in, or maybe I should be thinking about moving in that direction. But segueing a little bit, I know that your talents and your forte really lie in building out no-code solutions. So for people who are not familiar with it, because I wasn't when I first met you, can you just give them like a little small brief rundown of what those no-code solutions are and just what no-code is in general? Oh yeah. Ooh, favorite question. (laughs) So yeah, no-code. And I feel like no-code has existed in many ways for a long time, Mm -hmm. but it's, I think only until recently that it's really starting to gain traction because people have been able to leverage these tools to build software, raise funds, build businesses, like actually do serious things that they may not have been able to previously. But in a short sentence, no code is an alternative to creating software, mostly based on configuration and pre-made building blocks. Code, it's really much a, a misnomer because there's a lot of code in the no code. Right. Uh, there's tons of code in the no code. It's just the end user kind of producing the application mm-hmm. isn't interacting with the code. They're like interacting with a visual layer. There's been a lot of excitement around no code because it yeah. has cheapened the cost for a lot of folks to be able to launch a prototype, launch a regular, even pass their prototype and support their business from products to Mm -hmm. internal operations to like marketing websites. And so that's the basic gist, the the no code. Got you. That seems really interesting and whole world really that you can build essentially with, as you were saying, not that much code. So that's actually really interesting. So could you actually maybe explain like how you would get started in no code if you didn't really have any experience in it? I think there's definitely levels. I feel like Mm. for me, my way of getting started with no code is I was trying to do a startup and I did not know how to code. And I also did not have enough money to hire someone to build it for me. So (laughs) so, like my motivation was trying to build this product. And so that Mm. was my first introduction. And I think a lot of folks, their first introduction to like the world of no code is that they have that use case. They're trying to build a product. They're right, trying to fix right. some process. And they're like, oh man, I could actually do this. I don't have to bug anyone. And I remember I was so excited. The first thing I ever built with, people don't really call it a no code platform, but it's, you definitely don't have to code to use it, mm-hmm. was a WordPress site. And True. I was just over the moon. I was like, man, look at me. I got a WordPress site. I put words on it. And that was just the best feeling ever. And so I think that's how people get hooked. Mm-hmm. And yeah, from there, going to more advanced platforms, like Webflow has a bit of a web of a learning curve. Now I do a lot of work with Bubble mm-hmm. is a little bit more of a learning curve because you do have to learn, know some programming concepts. Even though I started no code, I also do things with JavaScript and React now. So it was- 
What's going on, y'all? If you're loving this episode so far, we'd love to invite you to join the conversation about it by hopping into our Discord at renderatl.com forward slash Discord. We'd also love to have you at our upcoming conference this year, June 1st through 4th in Atlanta. You can visit renderatl.com for more information. You can also find us on our updates on Instagram and Twitter at renderatl. The no code to code pipeline is pretty strong. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you said it's misnomers, but actually tying into the no code movement, you also introduced me to like building in public and that kind of thing ties into Lunch Pail Lab. So for people who are not one of your fangirls like me, can you explain <laughs> a little bit what Lunch Pail Labs is? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, Lunch Pail Labs, it's a digital product studio. So really the main service we provide is almost like product as a service. So we work with companies all the way from small businesses to some venture-backed startups, and they work with us to either iterate on kind of new opportunities they want to capture, build out products, and no code, low code, and some code are the conduits to which we make all of that possible. Started it in, really started focusing on it in 2020. So this is like almost two years now of existence and through like Lunch Pill Labs, tying back to your build in public question, really big believer in trying to open source everything. Sharing what I know, love like the build in public movement and can also talk more about why I think like more people should build in public and what that means. Yes, for sure. <laughs> like I think a lot of people love that startup like founder story. And traditionally, that's not something that you really get to see until it's, oh, 10 years later, they're being acquired. And now there's like a biopic about everything that happened. And we all know that that's not how companies are built. That's not how things run. I think the whole build in public movement is super duper interesting. And so I would love to know your take on it and like how you're doing it at Lunch Pail Lab. Oh yeah, for sure. So I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, I think for me, like build in public kind of serves like three, I'd say main purposes. Mm -hmm. First, it's really helpful just like for the person building to have this kind of like record of, hey, like we look back, this is what the company was doing. This is how I was thinking about things. This is the sort of products I was shipping. And these are how all of that has evolved. Second piece, I think people have found that just by consistently sharing your story, sharing what you're working on, especially if you're building in public in an area where your potential customers live, is a natural and seamless way for like lead generation, finding new opportunities. Even with Lunch Pill Labs, all of the work that we do right now has been inbound and a lot of it has been because somebody read a blog post or heard something on a podcast or saw a tweet by build in public. I think of it as you are taking daily or whatever cadence shots, you're putting shots into the universe and you only need a couple baskets for you to really start kicking something off the ground. And then when people know what you're working on and what you're trying to do, it's a natural way to get like help as well. If you're stuck on something, if you're looking at hiring somebody down the road or growing the team, I think build in public also helps with that as well. Cause folks can see this is what it's like to be here and having that like transparency out there. And then I think that the third sort of bucket and reason that build in public is helpful is just that by you like sharing your story and sharing what you're doing and being honest about it and authentic, not right. just the, Hey, everything is awesome all day. I'm winning every day. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wake up, I kill it. I I kill everything. I don't think of build in public as just like an avenue to shout of all the awesomeness that you are. It's just literally, Hey, like. 
you're just (laughs) you're sharing (laughs) right sharing the good the bad all of that I think it's also helpful for folks who even if they don't want to do exactly what you're doing I think by showing up and showing up in public you're giving someone else the confidence to show up and show up in public in whatever they're doing I would say those are like the three main things and Yes, more more build in public. That's dope because essentially what I got from that was it's a marketing plan. You can literally inspire others. And then it might also be a hiring plan if you ever <laughs> need to like hire someone. That's super cool. I happen to know that this is not your first startup that you have built. So what I will ask you is what advice do you have for people who are interested in maybe using no code to start their own business or kind of start their own venture? Do you have any like tips for them so they can avoid some of the things that you went through? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that's another just like cool thing about no code is because like you can quickly realize that like a business is so much more than a product. And Mm. so the quicker you could just, and I feel like with my first sort of like stab at things or follow, Mm. it was a meal planning app. I was just so focused on like, the product. I was like, yo, I'm just, I'm going to get this app. I'm going to put it on the website. (laughs) I know people are just going to come here because this is brilliant and they're just going to do and buy things. It's going to be awesome. So yeah, I think one of the benefits of no code is you can hit that reality much quicker. And then in terms of just advice in general Mm -hmm. for people first starting out, I think there are a couple of things that I wish I had been internalized when I first got started. One, get super, super clear about the kind of business that you want to build. There's a lot of information like on the internet of a bootstrap path or a venture backed path. Or, right. And if you are trying to pursue something that's not really authentic, to what you're trying to do, like doing a company is like hard enough. You are just going to tire yourself out. So I wish earlier on, I would have been more honest with myself. Cause I just remember Mm. like being in investor meetings, like this this doesn't even make any sense. Like what what am I here? And, Mm. and yeah, so getting really clear there and then knowing that it's just like a, a game of like iteration, it's rare that you're like very first hypothesis about how a product should run mm-hmm. will magically be the thing that like kicks off and like, right. like you'll money. just get it right. And this will be the thing. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and like chatting with us. And that is enough about the business and all those things. So we're just going to ask some questions for the culture. So what food reminds you most of your home? Because I don't know if you know, Render ATL is known for our food. So what food reminds you of where you're from? Oh, uh, I got jollof rice. Jollof rice? <laughs> Nigeria, I had to shout out the jollof rice. My dad, so people call him like Father Jollof because oh, like wow. growing up, he would jollof everything. Jollof spaghetti. Spaghetti is not Nigerian. That's not Nigerian food, but he would jollof it anyway. Uh, for, the <laughs> for the culture. So Jalaf has a very special place in my heart. <laughs> Actually, it, it is really contested because different cultures believe that they have the best jollof or just like the best rice in general. And I've just learned being American to just stay out of there. <laughs> just to stay out of there and be like, <laughs> or is that serious? They are hey. serious. But like, I like rice is good, you know, and, and that's that's it. Okay. The very last question. I love to ask people this question because you know. One day it might happen. If you like make it to the pinnacles, the top, and you are like getting to give this like hype speech, what song do you want us to play? Like before you come on to hype you up. 
Ooh, the hype speech, the song for the hype speech. Right. I've had Lose Yourself to Dance, like Daft Punk. It's, it's like 2017. With Pharrell, like on repeat, it's like my workout song. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Just very hyped up. So yes. I love Do that. Have to dance. <laughs> We do love to dance here, especially at Render. If you guys have never been to Render ATL, we do love to dance. We do have dance parties. You guys should definitely check us out. So this concludes today's podcast. So do you have anything that you want to shout out? Like, how can we find you, Lola, for people who are not familiar with you? Yeah, for sure. I'm very active on Twitter. So like twitter.com slash Ojabawalola is my Twitter. And then you can always find me, catch me on my website, lunchpaillabs.com. Dope, dope. Thanks for coming out today. And this was so much fun to do. And hopefully people will take a look, take a listen to some no code and and maybe we'll have some more people in the pipeline coming your way. Awesome. Cool, cool. Yeah, no, definitely. Thanks for having me.